Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Dan Knowlton, and we're going to explore Twitter marketing. Now, if you have been doing Twitter marketing the old-fashioned way, and you know what I'm talking about, if you haven't changed your strategy lately, you're going to want to listen to this episode. We cover a lot of amazing and creative ideas. If you want to email me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool web-based tool that is going to help you create really awesome Instagram stories. This is called Capwing, and it's their Instagram story templates. And actually, it's much it's a big part of a much larger tool, but I initially found out about it, about the Instagram story templates specifically. So that's what I want to focus on. But it's called I Cap do, Wing. Yes, Cap Wing, K A P W I N G. Okay. And once you go over to capwing.com and you scroll down and you click on Instagram story templates, you get the gist of what this is. Essentially, this is. Uh, it's it it's it feels almost like iMovie meets Instagram Stories, hmm. and and what I mean by that is people in the back in the day using iMovie on on their first MacBook uh, knew that there were these these content boxes where you could drop a video or drop uh, an image in or you could put text in there, and that's essentially what this is: is you click through all the different templates that they've got for Instagram Stories, and then you can start to drop in. And what's cool is you can have like a consistent style, if you will, across all the stories, which is really cool. Um, and the other cool thing that that I cannot downplay is the fact that it's all on desktop in a browser. And so, so give us an example to, of what it, what you can do with this thing. Yeah. So, so for the, the example they have on their site, which I think is really cool, is it actually makes the Instagram stories as you're clicking through them or as you're watching through them. Don't click through them. Watch them. Um, is that it's they they've got an example of a trip to Yosemite. So they've got like a cover image and some text and the date. And of course, you could throw stickers and things on this once you've uploaded it to Instagram. But the seamlessness of the story to story cross kind of branding where they've got like it's almost like a photo album that you're flipping through mm. as you're on Instagram and i've seen some of the, the you know some of the most uh, impressive instagram stories i've seen are done in this kind of stylistic uh, way huh. and so you know on one of them you've got like 
there's two content boxes and then white borders. And on the top, it's a video of a waterfall coming down. And on the, the, the one below it is an image. So you can do different, like you can have two different videos playing at the same time. You could have like uh, a picture and then a caption that's below it, almost like you're at a museum. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's really professional looking. I, I was incredibly impressed. So, so Capwing is it is it like an app or a bunch of tools or what is it exactly? Because it, it Capwing like they, is a collection of tools. Like, okay. <laughs> so the the other thing is, I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch of video tools baked into this thing with like adding text to videos, doing video collages, looping videos, trimming videos, doing stop motion type stuff. But I, you know, I wanted to call out this one thing in specific, but it, well, it's a so it's what a was whole the tool what was the name of, of this one thing in particular again? What was the so. Name? So the specific piece is the Instagram story templates Got it. inside of Capwing. But Capwing itself is like, I mean, if we were going to talk about this, I could talk about it for multiple discoveries of the week <laughs> for wow. like a month or two. Wow. So, but uh, yeah, so the cool thing is, is though, if you go to Capwing, K-A-P-W-I-N-G is like, you can create all these stories right here on the desktop and then export them out down to your desktop uh, you know, your laptop, your desktop, and then move them over to the, um, you know, the phone, the mobile phone and upload them in the order that you want them there. And it's really cool. Now, the one thing that you need to, to be aware of is you can do as many of these as you want to for free, but there'll be a, um, a watermark. And it's really just a small little capwing.com in the lower right corner. Right. But if you want to get rid of that, you can uh, upgrade and it's a premium subscription. It's like 20 a month, but you get access to all the tools. I'm looking at the site right now and it looks like it's got all these, I mean, literally templates where you just drop in yeah. almost like if you ever do like holiday cards or Christmas cards and you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? Like, um, and you can drop like three pictures or five pictures or whatever. And then it, you can zoom in and out of them and then boom, print your cards and get them mailed out. Kind of looks like that a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and you can see what I'm saying with like the the almost iMovie like look to it in yeah. a way. Very very fascinating. So it's Capwing.com, and then in case you get lost, you have to go down to the footer. <laughs> yes, you have to go all the way down to the footer, and then under video tools, it says Instagram Story Templates, and that's where you'll find all this cool stuff. So so this is really cool. So you said you it, it's free as long as you have the watermark and then if you if you how much yes. does it cost if you add the watermark do you know i mean if you're if you want to yeah if you want to remove i mean again the instagram story templates is one of i'm guessing without counting here about 20 plus different tools that are inside of this to remove the watermark it's 20 dollars a month got it to get access to all of this and to be able to do that watermark removal and everything so go check it out this is this is really interesting What's cool is that you can just start creating. You don't have to even create an account. You can just click right. on one of these templates, drop some pictures in there, and bada boom, you've got it. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I actually made a couple of different, like, Faco just Instagram stories just to try it out. And I was like, I'm impressed with this and kind of tempted. So <laughs> K-A-P-W-I-N-G dot com. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, 
but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's episode. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Dan Knowlton. If you don't know who Dan is, he is a creative marketer, speaker, and trainer. He co-founded KPS Digital Marketing, an agency that specializes in social and video marketing. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. It's great to be here. I'm real excited to have you. Today, we're going to talk about very creative ways to interact with your fans on Twitter. And Dan is definitely doing some very creative things. But before we go there, let's talk about you a bit, Dan. How the heck did you get into marketing and Twitter in general? Start wherever you want to start. Sure. So I guess the the best place to start is university, as that's kind of where I really got into marketing. I studied uh, business management with marketing at the University of Brighton in the UK. Interestingly enough, I didn't choose any of the digital or social media marketing modules. I I literally learned nothing about online marketing. It was just kind of traditional marketing. How long ago um, was this, by the way? That was, wow. That was, I think I graduated about five years ago. So Got it. So you're pretty young. Yeah, well, I'm 26. By, by my standards. <laughs> yeah. You're that old. I'm 50, man. So. That's <laughs> oh, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not, not young either, but that's cool. <laughs> so about five years ago, you were in school. You were not taking you know, social or online marketing, you were taking traditional marketing stuff and then keep going with the story. Yep. And then I graduated. I went straight into a big company in London and did something called a graduate scheme where they basically train you up to run a branch as if it's your own business. So you have to learn about sales, customer service, managing a team, um, team building, communication, all of that good stuff. And Um, After a year, I got promoted um, twice and kind of got sick of running a business, but not having the perks of running your own business, if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, So so I I basically just quit. I quit, moved back uh, in with my parents, went traveling around Thailand. And whilst I was in Thailand, I had an opportunity to, to really start... Um, think about what I wanted to do. And I knew I always had an interest in online marketing after finishing university and never had the chance to actually do anything with it. So I just started to um, consume educational content. And I remember the first ever article I read was from a guy called Matthew Barbie, who's now I think he's like head of growth at HubSpot. Oh, wow. um, and the article was like how to grow a social media following. So I read this article and it, it was like a step-by-step tutorial, similar to social media examiner articles now. And um, I, I read it and I implement, I set up my Twitter profile and I implemented the strategies that he said to grow an audience. And it worked. I started growing an audience. I started posting content and I was hooked. I was just hooked by 
um, how easy it was for me to to learn something, put it into practice, and get instant kind of return. Um, and from there, I just became obsessed, started consuming a ton more content. So kind of self-taught, um, lots of social media examiner content. You'll be pleased to hear, Mike. Um, content Marketing Institute content, digital marketer content, and just started learning and putting everything I was learning into practice on my own personal brand. And after a while, I realized, you know, I could help other businesses do this. So um, because I was getting such good results. So uh, my dad reached out to me and said, you know, come and work for our company to put these things into practice. So I worked for his company for a bit. Again, you know, the results were coming in. So I thought I can help other companies. So we set up our own digital marketing agency, worked with bigger companies. My brother came on board. Um, we now, we're now a team of three. We've just, we're now working with kind of global brands doing really cool creative campaigns through video content and social media marketing. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're just about to move into to new offices, which are kind of 10 times the size. And we're going on a big hiring spree and Congratulations. We're just really excited. Yeah, really excited for what's going to happen. So was Twitter the first platform you really got, you know, connected yeah, to? Yeah, that that's literally the first platform I started on and and had that that small amount of success with um with growing an audience and I was just hooked, hooked from there. Awesome. Now, um I know that your agency does not just focus on Twitter, but we're mm-hmm. focusing in on Twitter today because sure. I believe that Twitter is still one of those platforms that technically one of the old guys, you know, in the grand scheme of things that doesn't seem Mm. to get a lot of focus and attention, you know, Mm. and there's a lot of amazing things you can still do on Twitter. So why don't you help everyone understand why they might want to take another look at Twitter? What, what's, what's in it for marketers these days? Sure. So I think it's interesting to think about, um, what is Twitter the go-to platform for? Because once we start to understand what it's the go-to platform for, then as marketers, we can start to think about what can we do on that platform to fulfill those needs of the people that are going there. So if we think about this, live events, you know, whenever you go to a live event, um, Twitter is the go-to place to talk about that event. Hashtags, you know, an event hashtag is used. You don't even have to be at the event, but you can get involved with the conversation. So Twitter is still the go-to place for live events. Another one, breaking news. Whenever anything happens in the world, where does someone go to first? Twitter. So it's an incredible place to be to be posting about breaking news. Another one, conversations. Twitter is a conversational platform. It's literally built for conversations, especially with conversations with difficult to reach people. Mm. It's the kind of platform where you can easily access um, high profile people, people, celebrities, you know, CEOs you're much more likely to to be able to start a conversation with anyone in the world on Twitter. So it's a great place to to interact and reach different people. And if I could pause people. there for a second. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, you go to um you go to someone's uh LinkedIn account, right? And you try to connect with them on LinkedIn, good luck, right? I mean like yeah. you know, exactly. um you know, where else are you really going to be able to to connect with people? Um you might try to connect with them through Facebook, but that's going to get stuck in the messenger Mm. hell folder. You know what I mean? And Twitter, because it's public, um, everybody sees it. And I can tell you as being like a little micro influencer myself, Mm. I kind of feel compelled to respond to certain individuals that reach out to me where I would never do that over email. And I would never do that on LinkedIn. It's interesting because people are in a different mindset, Mike. I don't know what it is, but I think it's not just you. It's me as well. It's lots of people kind of feel that if you're being tweeted, 
you should respond. And it, you know, it's really, it's really strange, but that is the case. That is the case across the board. And it seems to be still a very personal platform. And it's not, mm. even though it's true that it is, it's broadcast, don't get me wrong. A lot of people use Twitter wrong, and we're going to talk about that mm. in a minute. But is there any other reason why we ought to be looking at Twitter? Any other advantages? Yeah, definitely. Things like customer service. Twitter is a customer service platform. It's If you look at what companies like Buffer and MailChimp are using, I really recommend everyone listening to go and just go and look at how Buffer and MailChimp are using Twitter for customer service. They're responsive. They're giving instant um, instant uh, solutions to problems people are having. They're showing empathy. It's If you think about when someone has a problem with a company now, you don't call up because you just get sent through a load of different messages and you have to press that number, then that number. If you tweet a company, you're going to get a response much quicker than if you contact them via the contact form on their website. So it's a great place for customer service for businesses. Um, Another thing it's great for is networking, online networking. Think about Twitter chats. Um, it's the perfect place to be meeting and engaging with people online. Um, not just that, but whilst you're at live events to, to then connect with people and continue that conversation online. It's the, it's the kind of next step, um, up from being, meeting someone, you can then start that conversation and build that relationship on Twitter. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I would love you to talk about um, what's wrong with the way most of us are marketing on Twitter? Because let's be honest, a lot of us haven't sure. changed our strategy in years. And uh, talk yeah. to us. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, interestingly, all, I've, I've used every different weird, strange tactic on Twitter under the sun. So I've got a lot of experience in using those strategies. And I, I've used lots of, lots of these strategies to grow an audience whilst they're working, but they're definitely not working anymore. So things like um, automation. Now, we know in February, Twitter changed the automation rules, which we can talk about in a second. But since then, that's when we really, really changed our strategy from automating tweets to go out every 10 minutes through you know, RSS feed automation tools where um, they automatically draw a new article from a website, formulate a tweet um, in a way that you've configured the tool and then send it out. You know, for ourselves, I was sending out a tweet every 10 minutes of a, yes, it was a value-adding article from great re- publications. Um, and I was getting, if I looked at my Twitter analytics, I was getting huge reach. I was getting lots of profile visits. I was getting lots of engagement. Um, and at the time, that was working really well to build that audience. Um, but now, the, the the problem that's happened is marketers have just marketers have ruined Twitter because of that. It's it's drowned out the the social network because it's just everyone is constantly pushing out tweets to articles. If I could pause on this for a minute, mm. in the olden days, the everyone used to use the phrase that Twitter is a stream, and when you put something out, it flows by. And then it's gone forever. And the idea back in the day was you have to put a lot of things into the stream so that when someone Mm. walks up to the stream, they see it, right? Um, Mm. But somewhere along the line, an algorithm was introduced, right? And it changed everything, right? And Mm -hmm. that algorithm no longer made it so that it was just purely based on when the tweet went out. Instead, it started lifting up things that it thought you were interested in. And there's still people that are still doing exactly what you're talking about. Mm. Talk about this automation rule change, because I I don't know if I totally even understand what that is. 
Sure. So back in February, um, it was it was a bit of a kind of shock. There was no pre-warning to this. Twitter basically announced a number of things. So the first thing they said was that it's not okay to post identical or substantially similar tweets to multiple accounts. So you basically couldn't, you know, you couldn't have this one tweet you've configured going out to more than one account, mm. right? And that was a strategy that that we'd used because I was sending tweets out from my personal brand and from our agency account. It's it's a strategy that lots of marketers were using across multiple accounts for the same kind of organizational business. So that's the first thing. The second thing they said was that it's not okay to post substantially similar similar tweets um, to the same account. So by the way, a lot of Twitter users were singing joyfully you know, yes, I mean, and I let's be honest, like, even marketers, like, even us marketers are like, thank goodness. Right. Because <laughs> like, yeah, it's just not usable anymore. Right. It's almost like it's, it's raining tweets. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're exactly, exactly right. Um, and they, and, and th- this actually caused a bit of a, a problem for a lot of marketers and quite a few marketing tools, social media marketing tools, because, um, if you think of this whole, um, um, evergreen schedule scheduling content so basically there was tools like well, there is tools like meet edgar um and uh, even buffer buffer too buffer yeah. yeah buffer too where you basically you put in a load of co- a load of tweets of, of to great content that you've produced and then that goes round in an, in an automated circle so that you know you could put a hundred tweets in there Ten, five tweets out a day and eventually it will come back to the start of the the kind of schedule and it would continue doing that so you'd you'd ultimately it was a great great these tools were great because they saved you a ton of time you know you had you had lots of great content going out automatically and um it was likely that people weren't seeing your tweets you know not many people were seeing tweets because it's so fast paced so you know you're repurposing content which was great but you were ruining Twitter for everyone else, and and I and I was ruining Twitter for everyone else by doing that. Um, but it was working; it was working at the time. And you know, this is the important thing that us marketers have to wrap our brain around, right? Um, social media started as a one-on-one engagement kind of thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where it was really about interacting with people, and then it was about like putting a couple of maybe blog posts out for our fans. And then all of a sudden what ended up happening is people realized, well, if I could just do more of this and I could get more followers and if I get more followers, yeah. I can get more clicks on my links. And if I get more clicks on my links, I can get more leads. And just, We've all been there, Mike. We've yeah. And it's there. just, it's, you know, it's maddening. And then all of a sudden we forget what got us here in the first place, right? Mm. It's not just about driving traffic or getting clicks. It's about actually developing a loyal fan base. And this exactly. is where I think we need to go back to our roots. What's your thoughts on that? Exactly, yeah. I mean, Twitter is perfect for middle-of-funnel activity, right? So it's the perfect platform to be nurturing those relationships that you've built across other marketing touch points. So, so let me just give you an example of how, how we use this. So we, first of all, whenever any of our team meet anyone in person, we always um, connect with them on Twitter, so that we're so that we're then kind of digitally connected with them. We also then continue to engage with you know, with their content over you know over the the, the following weeks. What does we that mean? Use, what does that mean? Engage with their content. So, as in, um, we create lists on Twitter of people who we've met 
and segment those lists into, you know, group lists for um, potential customers we've met, lists of influencers we've met, lists of, for example, for me, lists of event organizers I've met who who I could potentially um, engage with and build a relationship with to speak at their event. You know, uh, having all so you might retweet their content or something when you say engage with their content? I think... <laughs> Yes, but I think it's more than that. The, yeah. the big mistake people make, again, when they, they read articles and, and advice where it says engage with people to build relationships, it's more than just retweeting and liking their content. You really need to build build these relationships by by being genuine as well, Mike. You can't just think, oh, if I set up this process where I like three tweets a week and retweet their stuff and comment something random every now and again you need to be genuine you need to be consuming their content you need to be understanding who they are as a person and you know i understand that this may take some time but if you focus your attention on the right people it's so worthwhile i love what you're saying here um and you can tell you know what i do a lot of times is uh, when someone tweets me i will go back and look at their twitter stream and i will see if they tweeted i, do the, that. I, I, I do will see that. if they tweeted the exact same thing to if in the last day they tweeted the exact same thing to more yeah. than one person i will ignore them you know yes yeah and it's just because it's like you know you know the game right and it's like yeah. you know when they actually comment on something and they say hey mm. you know um that was that was an amazing video. And I, I uh, yeah. thought that question at the end about blank was really cool. Mm -hmm. And here's my thoughts on it. Well then, yeah. you know, okay, they really are actually yeah. trying to engage with you. Right. I mean, another, another example of how, like here's an example, a real life example of how my attention has been grabbed through literally yesterday from someone who wants to work for us. So, and this could be used by, think of this, how this could be applied in, in a multitude of senses. So, um, I, we got an email from a girl who wants to work for our company. And rather than just doing the traditional, we get loads of these emails, hey, I want to work for your company, what's the process, etc. She wrote a, a long email referencing um, uh, like a kind of um, a heartfelt story I told at, at an event I spoke at two years ago and then and then went on to speak about various different things um, that that based on our journey as a company and and how you know inspired she is and things like that and she's really taken her time to do her research and instantly you know our ears were pricked up because she's being genuine she's she's taken the time to understand us so i guess uh, marketers listening to this flip it on flip it on its head when you're trying to um, trying to reach new customers and and convince people to work with you, you need to you need to understand them, understand them, do your research, and and rather than just send like you said, Mike, sending generic, hey, it's great to see you, blah blah blah. When you send that out to everyone, you need to be um, authentic and tailor your message to those people. Is there any other mistakes before we move into the next question that Twitter that people make wrong, other than just the automation stuff that you want to mention? If not, then we can go to the next question. Um, I think focusing too much on quantity, again, even if it's not automated rather than quality, hmm. what what really, really doesn't work anymore is just a tweet that looks like a marketing tweet. Um, I know we're going to move on to how we should be using Twitter in a minute, but we need to be focusing more on create and crafting tweets um, from our own tone of voice that actually means something that we thought about rather than just let's tweet a link to an article with the title of the article or even just a tweet, um, you know, a retweeting someone else that, that doesn't mean anything. You need to really think about that. And remember, it's all public. 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, like anybody's going to go look at your stream and figure out your game marketer. So do it right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the strategy. Like what is the, huh. what, what, how should we do this right? You've already mentioned some of the cool things that you're doing, but let's talk sure. deeper. So, I mean, something we did, which was quite drastic um, after these automation rules came in, was we stopped all automation. So we cut off all automation on Twitter um, just because we wanted to stop adding to the problem. Now, I understand that some, a lot of us, I've spoken to other marketers before and they've said, whoa, that's not a good idea because if you manage multiple accounts, you need to schedule certain tweets and things. I understand that not, might not be feasible, but please, please, please just try, try and try and even cut down as much as possible your automation and focus on crafting you know, tweets that aren't just links out to articles that that are things that you've actually thought about, um, and, and these tweets can can really tie into again going back to what is Twitter good for, as in why do people go to Twitter? So, think one example, Mike, is breaking news, right? So, um, one one tactic you can easily easily uh, use for Twitter is whenever you as a marketer hear anything about breaking news in your industry, go straight to Twitter, share your share that breaking news, share your opinion and ask your audience's opinion on that breaking news. This is something that we do all the time. Give us an example, uh, just pick something. Sure, so for example, when, when Instagram um, went through, Instagram's um, platform is constantly, constantly changing. So when lenses came out on Instagram, when live came out on Instagram, um, whenever we hear breaking news, when there's platform changes on social media, the first, first place we go is we jump on Twitter, we share that breaking news, we share our opinion and ask our audience for their feedback. One really, really great example of someone who's absolutely nailing this is a guy called Matt Navarra. Yep, I know The guy's him. a cyborg. I don't know how he continues to update every, every, <laughs> you know, every piece of breaking news before it's even broken. Please, if you're a marketer, follow that guy on Twitter because... When yeah, you share breaking you, news, are you linking to someone else's article or are you just writing a text post about the news? How do you do great, it? Great, Yeah, great question. So we do it in various ways. The, the main kind of way um, that, that I do it is through a, just a text-based tweet breaking the news. If there's something kind of visual, say, say for example, on... Um, on Instagram's blog, they, they've got a blog and they've released a new feature. If there's anything visual there that would be good to kind of screen grab and show or mm -hmm. or if there's, you know, if you share the link and there's a good image to use, then yes, that's also a good idea. But the main the main focus should be on, on timing. So making sure as soon as you hear that piece of news, you instantly get onto Twitter and speak about it because if you don't, then by the time you do, a thousand other marketers or people in your industry would have spoken about it and you haven't got that um, that advantage of being the first to speak about it, but also try different things. So you could be jumping onto video and, you know, within the video platform within Twitter, you could be videoing yourself, releasing this news, talking about it. You could do live video. You could just do text-based tweets like us. You could be retweeting a TechCrunch article, but then adding a really kind of meaningful piece of copy that's explaining why you think that it's a great update that. Instagram has added stories and why it's going to beat Snapchat. You know, think let, about. Let me ask you this question: Could you do? Could you start with just a text-based announcement, 
um, saying, hey, uh, Instagram just came out with stories, you know, is this the end of Snapchat, right? Question mark. Yep. What do you think? And then could you come out um, maybe in an hour with a video, you know, saying, hey, um, uh, you know, the news is out, da, 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 you know, um, and maybe a little more of an opinion and then and then follow it up with, if you want to learn more, here's the TechCrunch tweet. I don't know. I mean, does it make sense to do that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The main point here, Mike, is to try different things. There's no there's no one silver bullet of when there's breaking news, just do it as a text-based tweet. Try these multitude of different content formats to see what's working. I mean, that's the kind of advice across social media as a whole. You need to try different things to see what's working. There's so many cool types of content that you can create and formats you can use. It's worth trying them out. Awesome. Um, what else should we be doing? Customer service. So, um, you know, we know that Twitter is the go-to platform for, um, for customers to go and reach out to your company if they've got a problem. So you need to be making that an easy, um, an easy process for your customers. So you, so things like, um, on your website, um, adding a kind of a message plugin. So for example, buffer recently re I don't know if you saw, they released a kind of um, chat chat plugin for your website, which is really simple, hmm. and people can instantly click DM you on Twitter or message you on Facebook. So you're really really accessible. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is making sure you're responsive. People people are um, they don't have much patience. They you know um, so they want to be responded to as quickly as possible. So try as much as possible to to at least respond respond even with a holding message or something when people want to get hold of you um, and try and provide a solution instantly. So one one bad example of this is from YouTube the other day. I have, I have an example from YouTube where um, I wrote a tweet saying, oh, I hate it when um, you go on YouTube and watch a video and then you exit out of YouTube and you, you want to w- go back into YouTube and it, and it cuts your place. It goes back to the home screen. Mm. And they've obviously got great social media listening software, which picked that up. And then YouTube tweeted me saying, oh, sorry to hear about this. Thanks for the feedback. Can you go over to this other website and fill in a load of information to, to let us know about this? That's not great because that's basically They should have just said thanks for the feedback and called it done, right? Yes. Yes, exactly, Mike. That That's saying to me, hey, go and do th- loads of extra work. That sounds like us. it was a bot almost, doesn't it? I, well, it may, I was probably tricked, but it didn't seem like a bot the way it was written. But, right. you know, anything can happen nowadays. So potentially, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to ask you, I want to I want to go back to um, to video. You mentioned a little bit earlier sure video and i know you're doing some really amazing things on twitter with video so can you talk to us a little bit about some of the creative things we could be doing with video on twitter sure sure so um one thing you want to be doing is creating really really creative content that is hacking into the culture of your customers right so when you truly truly understand your customers you you know the types of things that make them laugh. You know the types of situations that they can really, really relate to. So relatable content is really great. So so one example um, is for a gym that we're working with. Um, and we've created a series of, of pieces of video content where we're, we're, you know, we go to the gym ourselves. So we know, we really know this market. We know 
you know the the kind of small funny things you see the 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 kind of traits of people that go to the gym and we've created a number of pieces of video content we're actually just up for a for a national award for the video content but we didn't win the other day but oh well um, but these, these, these videos kind of hack into the, the culture of people at the gym. So for example, um, one video we made was, um, um, training versus Instagram stories because, and it was a video of someone going into the gym and just t- creating Instagram stories of themselves at the gym rather than training. These are the <laughs> kinds of things. That's funny actually. These are the kinds of things that people who go to the gym or who are interested in fitness, this will prick their ears up because it's exactly the types of content and the types of situations that they have an interest in or that they see. So if you're a marketer listening to this and you're working on a campaign or a video campaign for Twitter, really think about who are the target market, what are the situations that they only they will see and understand and create vid- creative video content around those. How long are your videos on Twitter typically? Um, short. Short, so under two minutes thirty or whatever it is, but usually about a minute and a half or a minute. Um, because again, like as you realize from Facebook, people's attention spans, uh, uh, Twitter similar to Facebook, aren't aren't great. Um, I don't know the answers to these questions. Do you know if it plays with the sound on or off, and is captioning an option? Um, as in, do you mean within the Twitter platform? Yeah. Like when, when it comes up, when, when you're, when a tweet's coming by, is the sound mm-hmm. off, but it auto plays or is it? It, it? Yeah. It's usually off and you can't add an SRT file, which is like a captions file. You within can't t- or you can, you can't, you, you can't the Twitter studio. Oh, okay. So another, another thing to do with this is the is studio.twitter.com, which is basically where, your, you can upload video content and they are, you can add a title to the video. You can add, um, a description of the video. You can even add a call to action link that people can click when the video is ended, but you cannot add captions within Twitter. What we do is we burn those captions into the video with premiere pro or whatever video editing software you use. That's smart. And what he means by that is they're there, whether the sound is on or off. And yes. Um, so that's pretty and they do automatically play and they don't automatically have the sound on right so that's why that's so important am i right yes yeah correct correct and do you do you find that your video content performs pretty well are people comment uh interacting and sharing with it quite a bit yeah yeah definitely um compared to other platforms like facebook um in terms of the numbers, I don't feel I don't feel like Twitter is a platform where people go to consume loads of content. Right. In the sense of like, it needs you to be go good. To YouTube. Yeah. Sorry. It needs to be really good if you're gonna do it right because yeah. Of, or, and short. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. And it needs to be focused around starting a conversation. That's what again going back to what Twitter is good for: middle of funnel activity. So building those relationships and starting those conversations. Speaking of conversations, I would love to hear your thoughts on how we can better engage on Twitter with either our fans or prospects or whoever we want to sure. reach. I know you've sure. hinted at some of this stuff, but let's go let's go in there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, one one great and this is hugely underutilized by marketers, one great great way to um to start these conversations is at live events. 
So, so if you're going to industry-based events, um, you can easily create content before, during, and after events using event hashtags. One example um, that, that we had um, earlier on in the year was we went to an event called Engage Prague, which is a really great um, social media event and digital marketing event in Prague. And we, before going, we created a ton of content which was talking about, you know, um, announcing that we're coming to Prague, talking about what we're interested in seeing, the speakers we're interested in seeing. Whilst we were there, we were tweeting live video content, images with summarized text-based tweets talking about the the you know the, the highlights the sound bites of what speakers were talking about um, and we did a ton of a ton of tweets before during and after this event and randomly after the event um, this just shows the power of of tweeting at live events and, and producing great content I got a tweet from Matt Navarra who um, who basically used this software to analyze who had the biggest impact um, on Twitter at this event and there was over a thousand delegates and influencers big brands like Forbes and um, and lots of great influences there. And we had the fourth biggest impact online across the board purely because we were we were tweeting before, during, and after and starting these conversations. And we had a huge, huge amount of reach um, and engagement just purely from that event. So if you're a marketer and you're not taking advantage of starting these conversations from live events, you're really, really missing a trick. Excellent. What about interaction with their fans? Sure. So... Um, one of the best things that we do is to use a tool um, called Lead Feeder. I don't know if you have you heard of Lead Feeder. No, uh-uh, not at all. So what what Lead Feeder does is Lead Feeder um, looks at you connect to your website and it tells you um, the companies that are visiting your website. So you can really get clever with this tool. You can understand which pages on your on your um, website specific companies and the people within those companies are looking at so that you can understand where their interests lie. So we use this, we use Twitter in correlation with this tool. Um, and whenever anyone is visiting our website on certain pages, we then um, connect with them across the board on social media. We then start to engage with their content online and start a conversation through Twitter. So it's a really great tool for, huh. for um, starting conversations with people who are interested in working with you. That's fascinating, actually. So does it tell yeah. you the just the businesses or does it so, tell you actually the actual individuals and what their Twitter accounts so, are? So it tells you the business, but within the platform, it also tells you um, the specific – it also, sorry, it links to the LinkedIn accounts of the people within that company. Oh, so I see. So you, you know, for – and if you use your initiative, you'd understand which of those employees, depending on the size of the company, which of those employees would be looking at your profile. So for us, if there was a company looking at our profile and there was individuals on, you know, the director, an administrator, et cetera, we'd, we'd probably take a good guess that the, the, the social media manager or the, the marketing director is the person looking at our, looking at Have our Have you content. had people freak out a little bit that you, t you contacted them? Um, well, this is where it got interesting. So we've tried a number of different strategies. One strategy was to 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 literally um, email them and say, "Hey, we've noticed you." Blah blah blah. But that that didn't work so well. Right. I think they weren't warmed up and up enough, and they did get freaked out, Mike. So we stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about Twitter? Though I mean, like you're just reaching out to them on Twitter to get in the conversation started. Yeah. It's more like, like it's more like, hey, this business could be a prospect, so we're going to start engaging with them. Is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, and again, Mike, it, it's that whole being genuine and 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 actually right. 
putting effort into building that relationship rather than just having a process where you are like three tweets, et cetera. Like you said earlier, it's, it's actually about making an effort to understand them once you've qualified them and you know, you, you think that it's someone that you want to invest time in, then it's about understanding them. And are there any other, uh, techniques that you, you want to recommend for those of us that have decent sized fans? Like we have over half a million Twitter followers. Um, are there things we ought to be doing to engage and interact with our tribe on Twitter? Yeah. So, so first of all, um, this is kind of a given, but always being reactive. So whenever people are engaging with you, um, to, to be reactive to that. Um, another thing to, this is something as well that, that would be really, that is great to, to use is to use social listening software. So find the conversations where people are talking about your company, but haven't specifically tagged you. So you can jump in on those conversations, just like the YouTube example I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. where I didn't tag YouTube. They jumped in on the conversation because they use that social listening software. Got it. How do you actually measure whether it's working or not? You know, we've talked about a lot of different ideas here. Do you have any sense of, um, suggestions to people that re- really are struggling to kind of know whether or not, you know, this is working or isn't working once they've started yeah, it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the struggle here is you can, Twitter analytics is great. You can see, you know, the reach of your tweets, how much engagement that you're getting, um, the percentage of engagement, etc. However, I wouldn't, don't, it, it you know, don't just focus all your attention on the al- analytics because for example, when we, cut all of our automation off right so before we cut all of our automation off our analytics look great loads of reach loads of engagement um however when we cut that off it took a nosedive because we weren't tweeting every 10 minutes of Mm -hmm. course if you're not tweeting every 10 minutes and you're not using certain hashtags with those tweets you're not going to get as much reach as much engagement etc however the quality of the conversations we were having and the return we got from from investing that extra time in, in building those real relationships rather than just automating stuff was way more valuable to us than our analytics looking great. So I, I think you kind of need to use your initiative um, and also use, you know, good um, sales funnel and CRM software. You know, we use HubSpot as a, as a great tool to help us track all of those relationships with people who have come through lead feeder with the conversations we're having on Twitter. And then we've got a clear kind of roadmap of, of how these people have found us, the interactions we've had and how many are kind of coming out the end as a converted customer. So using, using sales funnel and CRM software like HubSpot is a great, great way to do that. What's your Twitter ID? Um, my Twitter ID is D and then my surname Knowlton and then one, which I really regret. So D-K-N-O-W-L-T-O-N and the number one, right? That is correct. (laughs) Well, folks, I want you to tweet him if you've loved this episode, because obviously he would love to interact with you because that is what he's all about. Um, Dan, tell everyone where they can discover more about you, your business and all the cool things you got going on. Sure. So please do check out our website, kpsdigitalmarketing.co.uk. We write a weekly blog on there. We create loads of video content on all of our socials, educational content uh, for marketers, and our socials are linked to that, linked to our website. kpsdigital.co.uk, is that correct? Sorry, kpsdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Dan Knowlton, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all these ideas. Uh, I know that our audience is all the wiser because of it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. By the way, if there's anything that was mentioned in today's episode, like that cool tool, and you missed it, simply don't worry because we got it all for you in our show notes. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 331. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.